This is a special service for us. And there's not a lot of frills with it on purpose. So not a lot of extra music, not a lot of extra things. But we're here to worship and consider that our Savior died for us. And on a night like this one, the Son of God went to the cross for us. So I'd like to invite you into that. Because this is a special time, we're going to try and be a little more solemn about it. Um, Not that it's not the most amazing thing ever that God died for us. But the depth of what he did to try and feel it a little bit. We're going to ask that we'll go through the service and we'll hear the readings and we'll talk a little bit about it. But after we finish singing and we take communion, and then we'll go ahead and leave for the night. We won't have anything boisterous tonight. We haven't made coffee um, so that we can feel tonight the depth of what Jesus did for us. So would you join in that? Would you bow with me? Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful we get to think on this this evening. We're so amazed at what you've done for us. Father, please, tonight, help us to feel a little bit the wonder, the depth, the sacrifice, what you have done for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My dad is 
servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which he has not been told them they see and that which they have not heard they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like street sheep have gone astray, and we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living? stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, 
he shall see his offspring, he shall prolong his days, and the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Jesus 
had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. Go a chapter further. 27. Sorry. When morning came, is that the right one? All right. All the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate the governor. Then, when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to destroy Jesus, or ask for Barabbas and to destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus? who is called Christ. They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water, 
and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood will be on us and on our children. Then he released for Barabbas released them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him, and they put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him. And they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and they put on his own clothes and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink, mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. And when the centurion and those who were with him kept keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were also many women there 
looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea, named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, and Jesus took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own, tomb, own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb.
Take a moment tonight with us gathered here. Not too many moments. With movies and with videos and with different ways now that we are used to seeing, it's hard to bring to life the depth of what we think on tonight, the death of Jesus for us. And to feel the wonder and the anguish of it. So I, I don't have a good way. I, I'd like to teach you two words that you might not know. Words that Jesus uttered before he died. The last two. Maybe you've heard it's common now. People will do the seven last words of the cross. And they're things seven. Jesus said seven phrases, you know, before he died on the cross for us. But there's two actual single words that he said just before he died. And they're in Greek, so I don't want to sound like I'm a know-it-all to give you it in that language. But they're not hard to learn that way. And he said that word. And I want to show them to you. I'll put them on the board. It says that after this in John chapter 19, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. I thirst is one word. Dipso. Would you, would you say it? Dipso. See, Jesus said that. He was, he was about, he was a hair's breadth from dying, the Son of God. He just was hanging on the cross, and at different times we've done that at our church. We've talked about the medical aspects of the cross, and the heaviness of that, how, how with nails between his carpal bones in his wrist and on his ankles that he would have to push up to breathe and even to say anything is such agony. And right there, right at the end, it says, knowing it was done, he said he pushed up one, one of the very last times and he said, Dipso. I think of it, I think, I dip, dip, so. I'm bloodthirsty. Why did he do that? He was just going to die. He said he did it to fulfill the scripture. What's the scripture? Here it is. Because when he said that, let me just show you what they did, right? You know that a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch. They held it up to his mouth. That's not something to drink. Right? 
So how does that fulfill the scripture? Well, it says in Psalm 69, it says, They gave me poison for food. And for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. That's what it fulfills. Why is this the second to the last word Jesus says? Because it's so important you know this. He's on the cross alone. And the only thing that we did to help him, humankind, was to hurt him. Son of God of heaven came down from heaven. He came to earth to his people, the people that God the Father had chosen out and made even while they were slaves in Egypt. And he treasured them and taken them and given them his perfect law. And he'd, 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 he'd over and over grabbed them and loved them. And, and then he sent them his son. And you know the story, but... It's not only that he was falsely accused and that he was scourged and beaten and whipped and that he was crowned with the crown of thorns so blood came down his face. It's not just that he was so weak he couldn't carry the cross. It's not just that they tortured him and then stuck him on a cross to die and his blood is pouring out and he's weak, totally innocent. It's that we totally betrayed him. Yeah, Judas, everybody knows Judas, how Judas did that. We read about it. But even his own disciples that come alongside him and comfort him in his moment of need. And this last statement is a statement of need. I thirst. Oh, you do, Jesus. Let's stick this in your face. As the Son of God is dying. And with his last breath, something you could actually do. This is why I think Jesus likes the idea of you giving someone a cup of cold water. I thirst. Well, this is what you get. That's why the cross is so amazing. That's why we'll take communion tonight. This is why it's an absolute wonder. Because we... We deserve nothing. And we have nothing but our sin to bring to the cross and our rejection of the Son. Say, well, I wasn't the person who rejected him. Yeah, but I do. So, I thirst. Would you say the word one more time with me? Dipso. Dipso. Jesus said that just before he died, right? It says, knowing it was finished. He said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. And then when Jesus had received that sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So the first word is dipso and the second word is there. It looks like three, but it's just one. Tetelestai. You try that one out. Tetelestai. It is finished. What's finished? 
he says it as soon as the sour wine gets given to him, you know. As soon as this idea comes that every possibility that mankind had to succor him, to support him, to come alongside him was done. Mankind's full rejection of God who came to them. A thousand years of prophecy. Jesus was coming and he came and he was rejected. And the law was used against him and the people are pushing back on him. And he's betrayed by his chosen disciple. And he's spit on and and nailed to a cross and called a common criminal. And there's no compassion for him. There's no kindness for him. There's not even a drink. It is finished. In the midst of these two words, that really we ought to hear is condemnation of us. There's something remarkable. I just want to take one minute and and show you that in Psalm 69, where it says, they gave me sour wine to drink, that scripture that's fulfilled at the cross says this, but I am afflicted and in pain. Yeah, he was. Then he says this. Let your salvation, O God, your salvation, set me on high. It is finished. Salvation, Jesus set on high. It is finished. His work for you and me. It is finished. Sin and death and wrongness and evil swallowed up. Greatest evil the world has ever known. It is finished, this great act of love for you, propitiation and payment and suffering for us, forgiveness of sin and rescue. So before you get to Sunday morning and the wonder that he's alive, tonight I invite you to feel the weight of the rejection and scorn and lack of any sort of help at all our Savior who went to the cross alone and accomplished salvation without our help in fact with a lot of hurt from us so two words we'll say them one more time we can be done dipso would you say it dipso I thirst Jesus said And we gave him sour wine. And tetelestai, try it. Tetelestai, it is finished. He did it for us on the cross. I'd like to pray when you bow with me. Lord, thank you so much for all you've done for us. And we... We weren't there, Lord. But we know you received no help from mankind, from us. O King of Heaven, that you would come and humble yourself for your enemies. That you would come and die that we might live. Thank you, Jesus. We don't deserve you. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to take a moment before we're done and take communion together. 
Because this is where Jesus shed his blood. This is where he gave his body that we would live. So if that's you and you say, I receive Jesus, then I invite you and church family invite you tonight to partake of his body and blood, our remembrance of it in communion. It's a funny time. We don't pass it out. We come around the side and keep spaced and take the two cups back to your seat. And when everybody has some that desires to take communion tonight with us, then we'll partake together. So let's turn up one of the lights and let's let people come up and around and then we'll partake. Lord Jesus set this for us and for us to remember what it was that he did for us. It says, as they were eating that Passover night, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body. The body of the Son of God. Humbly come to earth for you and me. Would you partake? That's amazing, Savior. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. His blood poured out for you, poured out for me, and we receive forgiveness of sin in the blood of Christ. Will you partake? We'll sing a couple more songs and then we'll be dismissed.
You did all the work for us. You endured all the pain for us, all the weight of sin and death. And you defeated it, Lord, for us. We praise you that you are strong enough. We praise you that you're always with us. And we praise you for the grace that goes so deep we will never fully comprehend it. We thank you for the love, Lord, that you fully displayed for us, fully knowing who we are. We praise you for your work on the cross and that it worked, that you did what you said you were going to do. We praise you forevermore, Lord. In your name. Okay, Friday's here, but Sunday's coming. We'll go out thinking about Jesus, go out quietly and solemnly. Think about it tonight, would you? And then we come back and rejoice on Sunday. God bless you. Have a good evening.